0: I've shared with you all before that had I not been called to be a pastor, I would have loved to have been a farmer. I love everything about the farm life. I love hard work. I love uh, taking care of livestock. I love working and toiling in the soil. It's one of my favorite things to do. I've known a lot of farmers over my lifetime, however, and though most of them would say that, that they love the lifestyle too, they would also hesitate a little bit and say, you know what, being a farmer can, sometimes be kind of scary and filled with anxiety, not knowing what's gonna happen with the weather or what's gonna happen with the markets. It's scary stuff. I've always thought that the fallow fields of the spring w- would be a good analogy for the farm life. From one perspective, it, everything seems kind of barren and lifeless, filled with anxiety. But change your perspective just a little bit And you can see hope, you can see the potential, the possibility of new life. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to the Old Testament book of 2 Chronicles. And as you're doing that, I'll give you a little context. The glimpse into uh, history that we're going to be privy to today is a time when the nation of Israel is at the pinnacle of their success solomon is the king and he has proven himself not just to his people but to the world that he is uh, he is wise and he is a capable leader and probably the thing that that kind of epitomizes his his success his ability as a leader is that he has um oversaw the the temple being built it was something that his father had dreamed of decades before but wasn't allowed to bring into reality well solomon brought the temple into reality well the temple was more than just a symbol of their religion it was more a symbol of their prosperity as a nation and they decided to take the occasion of the dedication of the temple um, as a time to celebrate national unity to to be thankful for their prosperity um, and to throw a party for all intents and purposes, and the party lasted for the better part of a month. They celebrated. They they did their dedication services, and then after, as I said, about a month of uh, nonstop partying, um, Solomon sends them home, and they be they get back into the what would become the routine of their life. Everybody was feeling um, positive about the future, and they should have been, including Solomon. Until this it happened, it says in um, Second Chronicles chapter seven verse thirteen that that um, at one point um, Solomon goes into the temple to pray, and as he begins to pray, God begins to speak. In verse thirteen, he says this: He says, "When, when I stop the rain from falling, or send." locust upon the land or a plague upon my people. Kind of an ominous way to start a conversation with anyone, let alone with God, isn't it? So why did he do it? Well, it's because God knew. God knew that even though everything was going good at that moment, that people were celebrating him and their prosperity in him, um, he knew that there was going to come a day when they would do their own thing go their own way when they would forget god and and the ways of god and when that happens there are consequences you see god loves us enough to let us do what we want to do god doesn't didn't he didn't create us to be puppets he created us with free will and if we choose to go our own way and do our own thing and to forget about him and forget about his ways he's going to let us but he's also going to let us deal with the consequences. He respects us enough to let us deal with the consequences, and he knew that was going to happen eventually. Kind of scary, isn't it? But that's not the end of the story. In 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, God continues. He says, If my people who call upon my name would humble themselves, pray, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I would hear them from heaven, heal their land, and forgive their sins. In other words, um, yes, there's consequence to sin. Yes, there is, um, uh, uh, we have to take responsibility for ourselves, for the, for the choices that we make. But God never leaves us without hope. There is hope. If we would humble ourselves pray and turn from our wicked ways. The fallow fields of spring are a good analogy for what we're going through today in our world, what with COVID-19 and the economic collapse. From one perspective, it can feel kind of barren and lifeless and filled with anxiety to us, doesn't it? But there is another perspective from which to view all this God's perspective. Now the question is who in the right mind wouldn't choose the perspective of hope, of possibilities, of new life. Well, I got to warn you about something. If that is the choice that, that you choose or you want to choose, that choice must begin with something called repentance. Now, what is repentance? It's one of those religious words that we hear thrown around all the time, but what does it really mean? Well, that passage of scripture that we looked at this morning, it gives us a perfect definition, a perfect outline of what repentance um, consists of. There in 2 Chronicles 7.14 is just as a reminder, it says, if my people would call upon my name, humble themselves, seek my face, pray and turn from their wicked ways. Then I would heal them from heaven, heal their land and forgive their sins. That's repentance. We need to repent. We need to turn to God. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray and turn from our wicked ways. As bleak as things may seem right now, there is hope. God never leaves us without hope. We just need to repent. And God promises that he will be with us and that he will heal our land and forgive our sins. Would you pray with me? Father God, we stand before you at a time in history when uh, things are really weird, to be quite honest. It's easy for us to to uh, blame the world, to think it's their problem, but it's our problem too. And speaking for brothers and sisters who will stand with me today, I repent of my sins. We repent of our sins and ask you to forgive us. We humble ourselves and we claim the promise found in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen that you will hear our prayers from heaven, that you will heal our land, and yes, you will forgive our sins so that we will have hope for a better future. We pray these things in Jesus' glorious name, amen.